This is Andrew Faust, Permaculture Perspectives. Today I thought I'd talk about the permaculture attitudinal principle, as it's referred to, of how do we differentiate between perceived needs and real needs? How do we define these two things in permaculture? What is a perceived need? And what is a real need? You know, real needs are what I'll start with, as they come a little bit more naturally to me. Real needs are things like really high quality, excellent, exceptional, vitalizing air to breathe, and amazingly potent, diverse, and healthy water to drink bathe in, wash our clothes in, and amazing, incredibly nutritious, nutrient-fulfilling, and all those other culinary desires that we have that go along with the experience that we often call eating, and that is made up by a material that we refer to as food. And what I will say about real needs, air, water, food, permaculture also adds, of course, the essentials of civilization and modernity to these, of shelter and medicine and building materials, which goes along with shelter, and fiber. All these things are part of a permaculture vision of the real needs that we can realistically be providing a much greater amount of from local, natural materials. And what permaculture is saying is, in fact, that these real needs take precedent, take priority over perceived needs. And perceived needs are, in fact, the name of the game of modern society and have been the focus for quite some time now. Oh, how long? <clears throat> well, you know, in permaculture, we start the clock at roughly about 10,000 years ago. Because what happens then is the end of a period of living for human beings that is significant and transformative, and that is the shift from being Paleolithic hunter-gatherers who are purely living off of the fat of the land to becoming Neolithic farmers, Neolithic producers, and shifting from the world of consumer to the world of producer. And the reason this occurs for humankind all over the globe 10,000 years ago is because a huge ice sheet recedes back to the polar caps due to a shift in the Earth's orbit and aspect and a return to warmer summers and colder winters. Because as it turns out, ice ages is, are actually precipitated by colder summers and warmer winters. 
but we'll get into that another time as good students of Earth, which is an essential underpinning to learning how to actually thoroughly and appropriately address our real needs. Perceived needs running the show these days, contaminating, violating, and utterly decimating real needs in its wake. And what that is I'm referring to in particular is the age of chemicals and petroleum and mined and extracted materials like uranium and lead and mercury and coal. These materials have contaminated the air, water, soil thoroughly, comprehensively, and in many cases irrevocably in terms of human lifetimes. And that has all been on our watch in the last several hundred years, and we really cranked it up in the last 70 years or so, with an exponential increase to our contamination legacy and footprint. You know, in this country, how much have we contaminated and violated and utterly decimated the foundational inheritance of future generations? According to the federal government, straight from the horse's mouth, we're talking about every single city in the country being in chronic, ongoing, constant contamination of the foundation of all life as we know it, which is air. All the cities in the United States contaminate their citizens with the way they let private industries do business inside of their city. And what I'm talking about is the Clean Air Act and the fact that the feds estimate that every city in the country is in chronic noncompliance and most cities are about 10 times what the acceptable level of exposure should be. And then as we look at water, we'll find also equal, complete disregard for the foundational real need of existence as we know it, which is clean water, healthy water, fresh water, which as it turns out when we pull back and look at the broad world view, we'll find something about 1% of the Earth's water is actually drinkable water and available to us. And it's mind-boggling, it's staggering when you sit with that and realize something that is so precious, so rare, is treated with such disregard. How much disregard? Oh, well, you know, again, the federal government in its infinite wisdom has decided that it's a good idea to let private industries in the United States use 50% of our fresh water in industrial cooling processes. Hmm. Let me give you a little detail on that one. Here's a story, an interesting story. You know, a friend of mine, when I was growing up, thought, hey, you know, one really important way that I could help be a force for positivity and change in the world that needs to happen and is essential, is I should get a degree in environmental law. I'm going to go to Widener 
Environmental Law School in Delaware, highly respected environmental law program. And then when I'm part of the way through the program, I'm going to be told that I need to do some pro bono volunteer work for a law firm. And I'm going to, you know, end up doing a bunch of hours of free work. And the case that my friend got put on was a case that a citizen action group in New Jersey had filed against a nuclear power plant. This nuclear power plant is in Salem, New Jersey, and it's called the Salem Nuclear Power Plant. Some interesting historical references there, right? And so as they tried to hold these private industrialists who run this corporate military monstrosity that was purely built to make fissionable materials for nuclear bombs for the military of this country and their sick and twisted agenda to protect us by means of contaminating us to death. This monstrosity, the Salium Nuclear Power Plant, was in chronic violation of the Endangered Species Act. They had been sucking too many sea turtles into their cooling tower. Yeah, I, th- I think the EPA number was probably, you know, something like four. It's okay if you suck four sea turtles into your cooling tower a year and kill them to make energy with this toxic nightmare that has a waste stream that we know not what to do with and sits on site till it's dangerously high in volume because we still have no idea what to do with it and it's called radioactive waste. Oh, and in addition, out of your cooling towers, you can also emit as much tritium, low-level radioactive waste, as, as you need to because, you know, we're the EPA and we've decided a long time ago that we're so much in the back pocket of dirty industries that we don't really want to pay attention to the things that could actually cause people to die prematurely of cancer in this country, which, oh yeah, the White House report, a 30-year study estimates that, you know, every one in two men is likely to contract a carcinoma, and one in three women. And in a book that I read recently about the Human Microbiome Project, the most extensive research done following on the heels of the Human Genome Project about human disease and ailment, in this study they're saying that in fact cancer is a new disease and is entirely a result of environmental contamination. And there's discoveries showing that people, in particular women who die from breast cancer or suffer the malformations of it, are in higher percentages in proximity to nuclear power plants. So now, as well as prostate cancer for men, which is the most highly occurring cancer in men. So as a result, we're contaminating water, we're killing sea turtles, we're killing people And all of this to make fissionable materials, to make nuclear bombs, to kill other people somewhere else with an arsenal that we've built up to such an obsessive, insane, maniacal degree. Sorry, insane and maniacal are synonymous, but you just can't use enough descriptives to really, you know, accentuate how damaged and diseased this mentality is that we're dealing with in this country. 
know, the, the U.S. military is completely out of control in terms of violating, contaminating, and irresponsible behavior that takes away our real needs and is purportedly, although I would posit to you ineffectively, addressing a real need, which is security and well-being and a sense of comfort in the world. It's a paranoid, fear-based, toxic addiction that is destroying our real need, which is the air, water, and soil, and genetic integrity of the American people. So the Salem nuclear power plant, back to the Widener story, here's what happens. Ten years in court, and the nuclear power plant keeps filing for an appeals and just trying to spin wheels and burn out the environmental law firm, which is a good tactic because you're a huge corporate entity who runs private power plants all over the country. And so therefore, you can just spin it out because you have the lawyers, you have the money. The deck is stacked against corporate accountability in this country because environmental lawyers have to do their work for free, hope they win a case to get paid, and schlog along with no income while they're in that process. Meanwhile, the corporate lawyers are on a salary for the corporation whose agenda is to win the game by burning out the small person and the grassroots operations who try to hold them accountable and sometimes miraculously manage to do so. But that's the exception, not the rule. The rule is that corporations win, the military wins, and they run away together laughing all the way to the bank and the American people lose, lose, lose. Contaminated air, cancer, and a nightmare of a propaganda wheel spinning out agendas of fear-mongering and shock-and-awe tactics to keep the American people believing that there's a threat at all times when, in fact, the greatest threat is their own behavior and their inability to address the real needs of international security, which are to be more self-reliant in ecologically and socially appropriate ways in terms of food, water, energy, and building materials from our local landscapes. And these perceived needs of the largest military, the huge Cold War agenda of weapons buildup, has left the American people dying an inglorious and premature death. And the Salem nuclear power plant with no accountability because at the end of the day what the EPA decided after 10 years in court of Citizen Action Group fighting against them to keep them from killing sea turtles, the EPA just increased the number to what it was that the power plant was sucking into its cooling towers. And that was the end of the case after a decade the EPA just increased it and said, oh, well, you can suck five sea turtles now into your cooling tower, Salem nuclear power plant. And so that's just one story, one snapshot for you of why it is that I'm saying, first of all, on a lot of levels, if we don't change the way it is that we produce energy, 
and electricity and create a decentralized, renewable, and appropriate way of powering our infrastructure and our economy and switch what the fuels are that we're putting in the tank and powering the trains with that we're going to bring back online and create high-speed rail for the Northeastern Corridor that's fully powered with renewable, integrated, appropriate technologies. These are essential to cleaning up the real needs, which are the air quality of the Northeastern Corridor in the entire country and the world, the water quality of the Northeast, the soil health, and the vitality, nutrition, and inheritance of future generations and our present people. And as we move away from this focus on these perceived needs of toxic consumer products made from petrochemicals and toxic food that's exploiting people and destroying ecologies, and we move towards health and wealth and away from legacies that concentrate a very superficial version of those two concepts, and really only one of them, which is this watered-down idea of wealth. What is wealth? Well, wealth is certainly not more material items that get thrown into your grave when you're dead and gone. Wealth is not a giant pyramid built around you full of stuff that you're purportedly going to take with you to the afterlife. Wealth is, I would posit to you, increasing the abundance of what it is that provides future generations with a high quality of life. High quality of life. This has nothing to do with standard of living when we look at what does it mean to address real needs above and beyond and with more of an intelligent focus than perceived needs. I would argue that industrialism and colonialism have been entirely about perceived needs, material wealth, no real understanding of long-term well-being and what it means as an individual in your lifetime to invest in the collective inheritance rather than in your myopic short-term attachment to this concept of a separate self that there's very little real evidence of. I would posit that, in fact, what it is that there is greater evidence of is this collective entirety that we have emerged from and that we shall return to. And it is the web of life. It's the entire ecosphere that we have the pleasure of being born into and that brought us into existence and that we owe our existence to. And our real needs are about realizing who we truly are. And who we truly are are beings that are as old as the earth itself and have a future that arguably is equally long, stretching out ahead of us, waiting for us to embrace it 
as the collective humanity that we are when we tap into our expansive self and our capacity to have compassion and empathy for our fellow human being and want everybody to do well, all people on the earth to have a better life and to be enjoying their existence and doing all that we can to live in ways that make that more and more possible. Thank you for listening today. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts on modalities and processes by which we can more engage with and build up the equity of our real needs being addressed, like improving our air quality and our water quality and our biodiversity and our soil depth and our social potency and power to individually expand our influences in the world. And I look forward to hearing how it is that we can squelch and put on the back burner this narcissistic, egotistical attachment to the short-term perceived needs that get in the way of building up the health and potency of our real needs.